Hey, this is Chelsea. And this is James. And I'm re-recording the intro to the episode this week. Because, Why are you doing that? Well, we had some very <laughs> exciting personal life stuff happen. Yeah. If you've been following us online, you know what it is. So are you are you being coy about it? Can we not say? Well, we can say it. Yeah, we're engaged. Yeah, we're engaged. <laughs> but I cut out the intro for this week's podcast because we recorded it before we got engaged. So. Yeah, you know, we were sitting there recording it and I considered stopping the recording being like, hey, actually, we should say uh, we're fiancés who like to get scared together because I'm going to propose to you on Sunday. But then I was like, no, you know what? Maybe, uh, yeah, that's not the best that way to do it. That sounds like the least romantic thing you yeah, could have possibly a, done. Just a heads up. Just a heads up so we don't have to re-record this. Uh, I'm going to propose to you later this week. <laughs> I definitely was. It was in my head, though, as we recorded Boyfriend and Girlfriend. I was like, no, we're not. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what's going on. That's why there was no podcast last week, because I was not about to get any work done after that happened. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. Enjoy this podcast about creep show that we recorded over a week ago. <laughs> yeah. And just keep in mind the whole time you're watching it, Chelsea's sitting there not knowing what's coming. But I knew. I knew. <laughs> What do you think? I think we're dead meat. Real dead meat. You're dead meat! Go ahead and laugh, you guys. If I ever find a little glasses of business, they're dead meat. So, Creep Show. If you don't 1982. Know what, you know what Creep Show is? I actually talked about Creep Show a couple times on the podcast before, but mainly the opening vignette. Of the the thing that frames this movie, that frames the anthologies and kind of gives gives a reason for the little stories within this movie. Because it opens up with Tom Atkins. Yep. America's dad. <laughs> America's, America's drunk, drunk dad. dad. Yeah. Weirdly blonde here and no mustache. Yeah, Tom Atkins doesn't have a mustache here. And it's it, throwing me off, man. It made me think of when they CGI'd out. Henry Cavill's mustache oh, yeah. for Superman. Only this isn't CG. It just looks weird because he normally has a mustache. <laughs> yeah, listen, I know that I don't like comments about my facial hair, but I'm just saying that I was uh, uh, surprised to see him blonde, especially like it was the lack it's, of a mustache and then also blonde. A, yeah, it's like a dishwater blonde. It's like blondish grayish. I, I don't know how to, yeah. It's Tom Atkins, he's still drinking beer. Yes. Still cracks open a cold one and in this. pours it into a, a glass to drink yeah. out of. So in, le- <laughs> in case you were like, is that Tom Atkins? It's like, Shh. oh, yeah, yeah it's yeah, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that click. Although his wife was uh, strangely age appropriate in this movie. Yes. I guess I shouldn't say age appropriate. Any age can be appropriate if you're in love. But well, uh, you know, in real legally. life, in real. Oh, sure. Yeah. Also, legally. Like, well, OK, let's, you know, let's put some parameters <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're an adult, then. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in films, it's uh, it, there's a different dynamic there because sure. there's casting going on. But, sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Tom Atkins is playing this suburban dad who. Stan. He is. His name is Stan. His name is Stan. Stan. He's mad. He is mad because <laughs> his kid has been reading horror comics. His kid played by Stephen King's kid, yeah, Joe, Joe Hill. Hill. Now Author known as Joan Hill. Joe Hill. Yes. Who looks exactly like Stephen he King. Like I hovered Stephen over King. his Wikipedia and for a second I thought, why is Stephen King his picture? And then, no, it's just him. <laughs> no, it's just Joe. <laughs> yeah, they look the same. I uh, do love that he writes under Joe Hill. 
yes. so that he he's not trying to piggyback off his dad's name or anything. Yeah. I don't think I've read any Joe Hill yet. I, I bought the fight. Uh, was it the Fireman? Fire. Like, oh I, yeah. I heard. Oh, th- this is a good Joe Hill book. The Fireman. I think is what it's I called. Think that, yeah. And we, so yeah. I bought it. Seven hundred pages. <laughs> All right, Joe. I, when I find the time, bud. Sorry. Right. Tom Atkins is his dad who's mad at his kid. Kids reading horror comics without his parents' permission. Mm-hmm. And this might seem silly, which it is silly, but. Back in the 50s, especially kind of mid-century, we think of post-World War II, we're, we're trying to get back to this wholesome America. We're trying to, it's, it's post-war industrial boom. It's all about the family and everything is super, super wholesome and mm-hmm. aggressively wholesome. That's when we have the, you know, communist witch hunts and oh, stuff. Yeah. And we have, uh, you know, whole committees dedicated to looking for subversive material in Hollywood and one of the targets of these kind of witch hunts is horror comics <laughs> because people think horror comics like so it, EC comics is the kind of brand I think people mostly this is this is what this is inspired by is yeah. EC comics and they did Tales from the Crypt and a few other ones but yeah it, this is very Tales, Tales from the, the Crypt. Crypt is the yeah. one you would if you knew any you yeah. would know uh and and yeah People really thought these were destroying the moral fabric of our nation's children. And I would love to see the demographic info because I never read horror comics. No, no, no. And I wonder if people our age, if that's pretty regular for them not to have. But that generation of filmmakers who we look to, like Carpenter, Hooper, like all those dudes, that's what they fucking did. Right. And read these horror comics. That's why even though this movie is coming out in the 80s, these are people making this movie who are nostalgic for, you know, growing up and having to secretly read horror comics. Oh, because we didn't mention this movie is directed by George Romero. Yes, it's directed by George Romero, written by Stephen King. Yeah, it's his, his first, first screenplay. Screen yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, George Romero, produced by Romero's uh, regular producer, was it Rubenstein? Is it on uh, the poster? Of the- yeah, <laughs> yeah, Richard Rubenstein. P. Rubenstein, yeah. who uh, produced a lot of his work, uh, including Martin, Dawn mm-hmm. of the Dead. Uh, yeah, just worked with him a lot. Yeah. And then Tom Savini on makeup effects here. Yes. So you got a good crew here. Yeah. And this, yeah, this is definitely a group of people who are nostalgic for the 50s. The 80s in general were really nostalgic for the 50s. If you think about what movies came out, Back to the Future, we have someone from the 80s going back to the 50s. And even just kind of the style, if you look at 80s fashion and style and colors, you can trace some of that to being inspired by the 50s although i guess that probably got a start in the 70s with like american graffiti and happy days i think so those were like hey the Mm -hmm. 50s were fun but it's 80s it's full swing because think of what the 80s are too we're another focus on the family yeah yeah yeah, exactly it's kind of moral you know moral panic i think that's the episode we talk about comics in but Mm. yep so that's what's going on here but this is a I think a commentary on maybe both what they remember from the 50s and maybe what's going on in the 80s. This cultural fear that Mm. we're going to ruin our nation's kids. Yeah, because Tom Atkins is very mad that uh, Joe Hill is reading these comics. And it's like his wife's like, uh, all the other kids are reading them. Well, my... He's not, my kids, not all the other kids. Yeah, my boys and all the kids. And he says frigging. Just so I've never heard someone want to <laughs> say fuck so bad. But yeah, so the, the 
wife is like, maybe you're being too hard on him. And he goes, nope, that's that's why God made fathers, honey. That's why God made fathers. He repeats it. There's a few of those lines in this movie where they say something and then repeat it. Ted, uh, Leslie Nielsen later is like, you got to hold your breath. Yep. You got to hold your breath. <laughs> and so we go back upstairs and... The kid is, he's grounded. He's about to go to bed, either go to bed or just sit and cry. (laughs) But he looks and he sees the creep outside of his window, who's kind of the mascot for Creep Show. It's very. It's the creep. Tales from the creep. Yeah, but he is kind of just floating outside the window. He's like a skeleton in a robe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the horror comic that Tom Atkins threw in the garbage, it gets kind of swept out and it's on the street, right? And then this camera kind of zooms into the comic and now it's an animation and we've it's got the cool creep animation. and animation i love oh i love the animation yeah, it's I, very awesome. I love the style of this movie so so much it's so cool and i think it's really deliberate i was kind of taking notes on when we have color shifts and lighting changes and there is it's cool that the motivation behind different colors and lighting changes are consistent throughout each thing and it really makes it feel comic book yeah it's got a very comic aesthetic especially the first short Mm -hmm. has a ton of the um i don't know mats i guess the uh you know the whole screen will kind of be blacked out and then like a drawn comic square will frame a small portion of the the shot and so it'll be like a shot of uh someone inside like a smaller comic frame Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of that there's also uh in that first one side by side shots it'll it'll do like split screens like panels of a comic book and there's a really cool one in the first one of a car driving towards the camera and then in the panel next to it that car driving away from the mm-hmm. camera like down the same road so it's it's pretty cool yeah it's a fun aesthetic so this first one what's the first one called it's father's day father's day so yeah this uh, uh up top i'll say the movie's a little uneven it's uneven and it's too long it's it it is a Full two hours. Yeah, it it's 120 like minutes. Hour- yeah. I did not realize it was 120 minutes. It kind of feels it. You feel yeah, it. Yeah, I think there's one we can get rid of. I have my opinion on a whole which one a wholesale. Uh, I'm. Oh, you know what? Can I guess? Mm-hmm. Are you gonna say the Ted Danson one? Yeah. Oh, I would have. You know what? I see your point. I think the crate's my least favorite. Interesting, but the crate has more effects and. Yeah. more consistent monster stuff. I just like watching Leslie Nielsen. I know, be crazy. that's the thing. Is <laughs> it, that one's got Leslie Nielsen and Ted Danson, so it's hard to say, "Oh, cut that one," but it's the one I least enjoyed. It's th- the one where the least is happening, that's for sure. So we have five shorts ahead of us. I we can just run through them real fast. We have Father's Day, which is pretty fun. I like it. That's got to be the most faint like well-known one from this. Better the last one. I think maybe, oh, yeah. but I think maybe probably Father's Day. It, it Father's Day feels the most comic booky. It's yes. got the most of the crazy framing and all that. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Then uh, the, was it the lonely death of Jordy Verrill or yeah. whatever? Mm-hmm. And that's just Stephen King in like a one man play, <laughs> and it's fucking hilarious. I love that one. I love it. Uh, the third one is Something to Tide You Over, starring Leslie Nielsen and Ted Danson mm-hmm. as basically the only two characters aside from like a small role. Uh, otherwise and then the crate is the fourth one and they're creeping up on you is the last one uh which is just eg marshall 
and bugs, lots of cockroaches. Ooh, the, the cast of this movie. It's crazy. There's a lot of people here. Cause like I I mean, like I said, fucking Leslie Nielsen and just two well, I'll wait until we get to that one. We can go with that. I have Day. lots of notes on who's in all of these. Okay, and, cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of actors who I feel like I should know better because they were probably more famous when this movie came out in nineteen eighty two. And, you know, they were in stuff from prior to that that I just haven't seen because it's, you know, before my time. It's, yeah, lots of 70s TV yeah. stars that that doesn't resonate with me at <laughs> right. all. Yeah. If it wasn't Three's Company, I wasn't watching it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So Father's Day, do you want to kind of summarize Father's Day? (laughs) Okay. Uh, Father's Day is like a rich, uh, stuffy family who has inherited wealth after the mean old patriarch of the family died. And apparently the tale is, the rumor is, the truth is that he was killed by his daughter, who was also very old at the time. Mm-hmm. Like he it seems like he was like a hundred year old. Really they all are waiting for this dude to yeah, die. And, and he's a nasty man. Yeah. Just angry. And uh I, I read that their the family fortune was made with like bootlegging, murder for hire, just all, you know That's what she says when she's sitting by his grave. Yeah. 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 So it's unsavory stuff, but his daughter Bedelia kills him. Mm-hmm. Uh this all happens before the story. And so we're just like hanging out with his insufferable rich descendants and he comes back from the grave asking for his father's day cake. This family feels very East Coast rich. Yeah. And I love uh what is the one daughter's name i mean daughter she's older cass? but no not cass the other oh, sylvia, sylvia who says she I goes pass those scones cass you're such a hog <laughs> <laughs> yeah they seem like uh jay sherman's family from the critic i know you oh, only watched yeah, a few yeah, episodes no, 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 but yeah, yeah you know yeah, them yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah <laughs> they <laughs> would have another cousin named muffy or <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah they have like martha's vineyard property yeah yeah, yeah exactly sure. uh yeah so by the way uh, Sylvia, who is the mom of this group, uh, and the granddaughter of Nathan, the, the oh, crotchety old man. Oh, I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. I couldn't quite figure out the family tree yeah, here. Yeah, it's a little complicated. It, doesn't, it also doesn't matter that much. It doesn't. But Sylvia... I, I'm sitting there thinking, God, I can't wait to look like that when I'm old. Yeah, like, like 60. Yeah. 60s. Actress was 46. 46 here. 46. And if you're listening to this, you unfortunately can't see, but I'll, you know, I'm I'll put in clips of her voice. <laughs> it's just this woman smoked a lot of cigarettes. She's a human cigarette. You'll have to wait. Miss Grantham has not yet arrived. And you will remember that today is a very special day for her. Yes. The actress, sure enough, died of lung cancer at the age of 69. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's Try to avoid the cigarettes, kids. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, but yeah, so it's her and her kids, uh, siblings, Cass, who is dating Ed Harris. Yeah, Ed Harris, of all people, to be in this very random role. It, it feels like it's a bigger role than it actually is because you see him and it registers, oh, wow, that's Ed that's Harris. Ed fucking Harris. But if that's any other actor, he's just a random boyfriend. Random guy whose only notable thing is dancing to shitty disco with yes. his wife, Cass. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. And then Cass's brother is, uh, I don't know, Richard. Richard. I mean, Cass hasn't told you about dotty old great aunt Bedelia, the patriarch of our clan. Uh, but they're all nasty to each other. They're sniping at each other. And uh, Bedelia, who is the daughter who killed the nasty old man, Nathan, she gets there late. 
um, later than them, but they were like, you could set your watch by when she gets here. Mm-hmm. But then later they also say, sometimes she loses track of time. Pick one. Someone's lying. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but Delia, who did in fact murder her father because he murdered her love. Yeah, her straight husband. Uh, I guess. Uh, so what happened was the... The dad had Bedelia taking care of him 24-7. And then Bedelia meets a, a man that she loves. Yarbrough. Yarbrough. <laughs> and Yarbrough gets killed. Killed, wink, wink, in a hunting accident. So yeah. that's how rich people do. That's <laughs> like season one of Game of Thrones, you know? Yeah. That's uh, how, yeah, right. Right, yeah. <laughs> Just arrange a hunting accident. I feel like that happens in Outlander too. <laughs> so, and she knows my dad had this dude killed. And she, so it's Father's Day and that's when she just snaps and beats him to death with an ashtray. It's Father's Day. Where's my king? You so she's visiting his grave now in the present. I guess she visits every year on Father's Day. And she's drinking that Jim Beam straight from the fifth. Yeah. And apparently, I didn't really catch on to this, but it's when she spills the whiskey that her father comes back to life. <laughs> I didn't catch that either. Yeah, I... I, I <laughs> I ex- I guess he is resurrected yeah, by Jim Beam. Pour one out, and then he <laughs> yeah comes back to life. It's a hand jump scare. It got me to jump. Yeah, I just wasn't expecting the. Fun- <laughs> I've seen this already, but I just that hand. It's such a good little little jump, and he he grabs uh Bedelia and kills her. Mm-hmm. So. And he's just yelling, where's my cake? Where's my cake? It's mine. I want it. I mean. So expect in that maze if you're going to Halloween Horror Nights to hear, where's my cake a whole bunch. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's a relatable zombie, though. That's me. As a zombie, I just want cake. Yeah. <laughs> like most zombies are walking around and they want brains, right. but I want cake. cake. <laughs> Ed Harris comes outside to look for Bedelia, even though he doesn't really know her. Like Ed, you you said at this point, if you were Ed, you'd just cut and run. Yeah. He's not blood. I don't know why he's so worried. I think though, because I think part of it is they well, yeah, the money, but they also won't eat dinner until Bedelia gets there, and apparently there's glazed ham for dinner, and I bet Ed Harris is just hungry. Sure. (laughs) I just want that fucking glazed ham. Where the fuck are you, Bedelia? So he goes to try and find her, and he falls, and oh, but he sees some... uh, Jim Beam. He sees the bottle of Jim Beam and he picks it up and there's still some fucking backwash yeah, in there. Like, mm, Score, don't mind nice. Yeah, he falls over like near the grave. He sees Bedelia's corpse mm-hmm. and then like the tombstone starts to fall towards him and he's just fucking lying But I there. think it's he's laying there and when he moves it is... I don't think that's the case. Wikipedia, Dr. Wikipedia says that uh, the, the reanimated zombie is able to telepathically move this gravestone. Well, that was not made clear. It wasn't, but what it, it looks like Ed Harris is just fucking laying there, scared of this tombstone falling on him, and he doesn't move. He's just waiting for it, and it, it falls on him and kills him. Okay, yeah, that's a little silly. It's pretty silly. It squishes him. It does, R.I.P. Yeah. Ed Harris. Sorry, Ed. You'll come back in Westworld. But I love that Cass. Is that her name, Cass? Yeah, Cass. yeah she's still dancing. She's still Ed Harris dancing. is gone. So first we see her and Ed Harris fucking jamming out to this shitty disco and then disco isn't disco dead by this point 
probably have they, have they murdered it yet on that but baseball also field? i think that's a great <laughs> character choice for sure. them then because they're, they're just so you know i bet i bet at that point disco is just so for normies you know <laughs> yeah okay they all want ham now so <laughs> it's, ham time. it's ham time so sylvia goes into the kitchen and the maid's dead, the maid's dead. and this is when the lighting gets all creepy i love and this is when i started taking notes on the use of lighting and color in this because i think it's so cool whenever we're getting the creepy stuff in this is uh, it the red light yes the red and the blue well that's when you're getting everything in high contrast and yeah. all the colors leaking like in and, shit. and it really plays on the fact that each of these shorts is about some kind of family drama or it's about normal life being interrupted by either something supernatural or just murder or so you get such a good contrast of very flat lighting for everything very it almost looks like um I think of Dallas just how that show is kind of lit you know it's just very flat soap opera lighting Mm -hmm. television lighting and then when the creepy shit starts happening then we get the crazy colors and stuff so it really feels invasive I love it yeah she turns around and Nathan's there in the kitchen it just fucking twists her head around. Here. Yeah, ooh, it, that's a good one. By the way, Zombie Nathan yeah. is played by Lucy. You're on my Zombie Nathan notes. is played by Lucy. <laughs> Lucy, you want cake? Lucy, you want cake? <laughs> uh, Zombie Nathan is played by John Amplis, who is Martin in Martin. Oh, okay. Which I think is a fun little cameo. Lots of George Romero alumni in this. It was all shot in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Except for that beach, I think, was New Jersey. Okay. But, yeah. Uh, George Romero from the Pittsburgh area. Mm-hmm. Same, same with Tom Savini. Savini yeah. yeah, that's, uh, so, yeah, Western Pennsylvania. If you're if you're in that area, you got, you know, you horror got some horror legacy, there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think sure. Savini's school was there. Oh, by the way, the actress who played... Bedelia Vivica Lindfors is or Lindfors I don't know if the S is silent she seems very fancy so maybe it is she was an accomplished actress and acted with all these whenever you when you hear about like she co-starred with Charlton Heston it just that doesn't even sound real to me because that's Mm -hmm. so crazy but here's what she has to say about her co-star Ronald Reagan oh you know what I saw this Ronnie was not a big star (laughs) He didn't carry enough weight to think that the guy became president is really kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It also noted she was a liberal Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> so just a little trivia for you. But um, yep, she we Sylvia gets her neck twisted, and then uh, Cass and Richard come into the kitchen, and that's when they see Nathan, zombie Nathan, with the the pan with Sylvia's head on it, with frosting and candles, and he says, "I got my cake." Yeah, and they're like, "Ah, gag!" According gag. to yeah, the comic bl- book. Yeah, yeah. Each of these end with like they start and end coming out of or into the comic book Mm -hmm. aesthetic. So it's like freeze frame turns into a drawn panel in a comic book. Flip the pages. It's really fun. Number two is the lonely death of Jody. The lonesome death. Oh, I'm sorry. So this is Stephen King, uh, 35 years old in this movie. Uh, Now he's 71. Mm -hmm. Six foot four Stephen King and his overalls with the dusty butt. He's got a little dusty butt right in the beginning. I think it's so cute because he's (laughs) playing this country bumpkin. Stephen King. He loves country bumpkins. He loves his bumpkin characters, dude. This was... 
I mean, he wrote. I mean, well, this was adapted from a. This already had been a short story. So this I was about one to say called Weeds. Okay, yeah, because I was about to say he just wrote this for himself. But no, it was already a short story he'd written. But I bet this he one was, and the crate the were crate pre-written. Story, yeah. The others he wrote. For I this bet movie. he was so excited. Yeah, to I mean, Jordy. The whole movie has his humor all over it, but especially this one, yes. especially him playing this character, because Stephen King is not a subtle actor in. Anyway, no. he thinks it's hilarious to be like, duh, I don't know what <laughs> he's putting his fucking fingers, his dirty it, damn fingers in his I mouth. I love it. It's so gross. And like, you know, it's dumb, but it's Stephen King. I love King. it. I it's- love this one. I liked even more watching it again because he's so over the top. He, this is clearly a man who grew up on a steady diet of cartoons and yes. So I think it's perfect, and I think he's adorable in this. I love Jordy. We also have to get our buddy Mike from the D&D and D&D podcast oh to cosplay as Jordy Barrow because he looks, he looks like a young Stephen so King. Similar hey, Mike, to if you're listening Stephen to this, King. you look so much like Stephen it's King. It's crazy. Yes. If you had more of a unibrow, Mike. Yeah, we'd have Stephen to give you a unibrow a for fucking sure. unibrow. Yes, he does. <laughs> so Jordy is his little bumpkin, and he sees a meteor crash in his front yard, and oh boy, isn't this Jordy's lucky day. If he takes that up to the college, to the Department of Department Meteors. Department of Meteors, which got a big laugh out of me. <laughs> It's so funny. I think this one is so funny. It's really funny. It's <laughs> great. This is probably this might be my favorite one. I, I love- feel like it's a lot of people's favorite ones. I think it's my I've favorite because it's yeah, it's just it's so simple. Silly. And I've seen many Jordy cosplays at horror conventions, Shout and out to people them. always get very excited when you know what it is. Remember, I have a Jordy uh, that Jordy cosplayer from Texas Frightmare in my thumbnail for that video because oh, I loved yeah. him so much. Oh. But yeah, uh, like the two shots of him entering the Department of Meteors, one when he has the meteor (laughs) hole and he's like, I can get $200 for this. This will pay off my bank loan. But then the meteor's too hot to the touch, so he tries to cool it down with water and it cracks open. Oh, Jordy, you done did it now. (laughs) And it's leaking. It's just blue. It's blue, gross liquid. But then he imagines going back to the Department of Meteors (laughs) and getting yelled at for trying to sell a broken meteor. But the two shots of him (laughs) entering all confident in the first one and the door opening in the second one and his hat literally in his hands. So funny. And I laughed for some reason really hard at the end of that second little (laughs) dream sequence where he's sitting there and he has the broken meteor in the bucket and the guy at the Institute is like, why are you bringing this to me? This is a joke. And he, for some reason, puts his hat on. Like, tries the to bro- cover it up. And it just, I just think it's funny. It's like, well, would you want it if it had a hat on it? <laughs> I know. It's, but I do love that in Jordy's wildest dreams. 200 bucks, baby. Hey, man, he's got to pay off that bank loan. I also thought it was funny that in, in the... I, this is probably not a reference. It's just a coincidence. But it is very funny that in the new It movie, there is a Stephen King cameo. And he charges Bill 200 bucks That's right. for that bike. So Jordy did get his $200 oh, so many years later. Yeah. I, I doubt that's a reference, but maybe just a cute coincidence. Yeah. yeah. His fingers with which he touched the mm, meteor yeah. start to bubble up and Ooh, blister. I hate skin stuff, I, dude. It's so gross. I am glad that oh. we're want, we're done with the blisters after just a shot. Oh, yeah. There's the, some, they're white, the nasty. The white bumps. Oh, God. They look like oh. 
like poison ivy blood. It's gross. It's super fucking gross. Yeah. I, I am very grateful when he starts to be covered in moss instead. <laughs> I didn't no, know that's gross. I didn't too. know skin stuff really bugged you that much. Can you think of other movies or not really movies? Is... It's like honestly, it's like rashes. Okay, rashes and like uh, uh, I don't know protrusions. Is that what they're mm. called? Bubbling up shit like that. Yeah, on a, on skin, especially thinking, will it ha- if I touch that, will it spread to me? The first Nightmare on Elm Street, I feel like, it's got some gross skin stuff because of. Freddy. He's that's just a burn. Yeah, but no, he's doing stuff where there's pus coming out. And... Yeah, but that's just pus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't know. I guess I have a very specific yeah. thing that bothers me. But uh, yeah, this yeah. <laughs> he sees that blue juice coming out. Meteor shit. Meteor shit. That's got to be the big the iconic line from this one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Meteor shit. <laughs> he, he, so he goes back into his house and he figures, I'll deal with this tomorrow, whatever. Yep. Throws on the tube. To where Sika and Backland. Two- oh, did you look up that match? Uh, yeah, I believe just- they they fought in 1980. I am not familiar with these two wrestlers. Sika is apparently part of the uh, fuck the Samoan tag team. I forgot what they're called, Ooh. but yes, they were in fact wrestling for the WWF Championship. Holy shit! With commentary by one Vince McMahon. So is that the championship that Kofi now holds? It is the same lineage. Yes. Wow, that's so cool. Yes. Wow. Uh, but yes, Vince McMahon in this movie. His, com- his voice is in that's this movie so because Jordy's watching TV. Yeah. God, that's weird. When Jordy walks into his house, by the way, his house looks identical to Squeaky Frome's house in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's so fucking gross. The meteor bucket is out on the porch and it starts growing. We're seeing plants grow out There's of just it. plants everywhere. His skin starts to get mossy yeah, and mildewy. He basically looks like he's growing mold. Yeah, it's gross. And now he's he he's realizing, oh no, what if I have to go to the doctor's office? And now it, we're back again in this little dream sequence. It's a same door, same office, but now instead of Department of Meteors, it's just doctor. So yeah. he goes in and doctor says, well, fingers got to come off. <laughs> I think he tries to uh, fix it with a screwdriver with some pop-off and he orange juice. He mixes oh my God. pop-off, which comes in a plastic bottle. Plastic handle, yeah. <laughs> and orange juice to make a screwdriver. Stirs it with the bottleneck. Literally, <laughs> that is the first drink that ever got me drunk. Pop off an Pop orange off juice. Pop off an orange juice, yeah. So the Jordy special. It's disgusting. That's so gross. I can't pop off even just seeing it now makes me. Yeah. I mean, I'll, it is disgusting Unless you had anyway. A, some but... nail polish to remove. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, because it's Stephen King and. It's he, Stephen King talks about dicks a lot. He's, he looks at his dick. He's like, oh, no, not, not there. there. There's some naked lady postcards on his wall, too. Oh, Very brief those. shot. Yeah, but oh, I shit. just noted that's a, that feels right for a Stephen King thing. And sure enough, I, I guess also a Stephen King in Stephen King tradition. We've got a guy with a weird black hat on that appears in his mirror. His ghost dad who's <laughs> yeah. been dead for three years. I just years. think it, it reminds me of Children of the Corn. And it reminds me, I don't know why, just that kind of countryside black hat yeah and the fact that he's a ghost (laughs) yep checks out his ghost dad tells him not to get into the tub no matter how bad it itches because the the plant wants water yeah it'll grow he can't resist it itches too bad the dad is the same actor as the doctor and the universe it's all the same dude and the department of meteor guy oh that's yeah. fun is it uh bingo o'malley his who... name was bingo bingo yeah 
That's fine. He literally just passed away. It was like June. Just passed how away. How old was he? I'm not sure how old he was. Old. Because some of these actors, I mean, Hal Holbrook, who's like a big actor, he's still alive. He's 94. Yeah. It's crazy. Fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. He ends up being a big plant guy. Yeah. And it, when he talks, it's the same voice effect that they use for the zombie dad in Father's Day, mm-hmm. where he's like, please just let me have this one piece of luck to kill myself with a shotgun Yeah, because this whole time he's saying, oh, just, you know, that's the Geordie, the Veril luck, right? Yeah. Where he finds the meteor and, and then it breaks. breaks and, oh, the Veril luck. So that's a whole thing. And then this last piece of Veril luck that he's hoping for is that he... Gets that shot in his head just right to kill himself. He does it. Yeah. He shoots his little plant head off. Green. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. That's a lot of fun. I guess the guy in the suit here, uh, not Stephen King. Uh, he had shit to do. <laughs> Probably had books to write. <laughs> yeah, he had three more classic <laughs> books to write. Yeah, it's the Oh 80s. my God, yeah, 82. Jesus. Christ. Just <laughs> inventing horror classics. Uh the guy in the suit here is the same guy who is the monster in Crete. Okay. Yeah. So the suit actor. The texture of this whole suit, by the way, this big kind of ghillie suit, it just reminds me of the Grinch, the live action <laughs> It Grinch. does look pretty Grinchy. It all, as he was transforming, I just couldn't help but think of the... Just like the crotch area of the Grinch costume. Because in that Ron Howard Grinch, he can't have a penis. Because then that's worse. And it's already bad, but that's worse if he's just got like a dick swinging around. So the Grinch has this like, it almost looks like a bikini bottom made out of his own hair. It's just this long green pubic hair. Yeah, but when aren't you thinking about the Grinch's crotch? (laughs) Hey, you want to talk about our sponsor this week, Shudder? Yeah, Shudder. You know Shudder. We love Shudder. You know and love Shudder just like us. <laughs> Shudder's the best place to find horror movies streaming online. Seriously, they have everything. It's so great to have a streaming service just devoted to horror movies. Yes, with really good curated playlists and categories too. So it's got your horror subgenres. It makes it easy to find Stuff you maybe haven't watched in a while or something completely new. Yeah, new stuff like Shudder's original content, because they also produce stuff like the upcoming Creep Show show. Yes, this worked out very well. <laughs> Creep Show is coming back as a show on Shudder. Yeah, headed by Greg Nicotero, yes. amazing makeup artist. I believe that they just recently screened an episode and it was very well received, and it was one with Tobin Bell. Ooh. Yeah, so I'm excited. And I think Giancarlo Esposito is going to be in it, too. Lots of big names. Yeah, and uh, I think some of the shorts that are in the Creepshow series on Shudder are part of the Creepshow maze at Universal. Yes, because we didn't recognize some stuff, and it makes sense. I think it's new stuff that's going to be on the show. So there's some werewolf stuff and some creepy, I don't know, some goo. There's gooey dirties, I don't know. Some body horror stuff, it looks like. Yeah, I want to see it. I'm excited. So if you want to try Shudder free for 30 days, that's a long time, a lot of movies, Mm -hmm. you can go to Shudder.com and use our promo code DEADMEAT30. That's Shudder.com, S-H-U-D-D-E-R, promo code DEADMEAT30. Yeah, it's like dead meat and then how old I am. Which is 30. That's 30. Yeah. 
This next one is something to tide, tide you over. over. Tide you over. Mm-hmm. This one feels. This is the one I said I would if I had to take out one. I would take out because it feels like it fits in the least. It's not that I dislike it, especially because we have Leslie Nielsen and Ted Danson, which is great. Yeah, Leslie Nielsen. This is 82. Airplane was 80, and that was his first comedic role. Before mm-hmm. that, he was just a drama actor. So audiences seeing this probably still think of him as that dramatic actor who was in Airplane. Sure. He's he's not funny man Leslie Nielsen yet, I don't think. Yeah, okay. I don't know when Police Academy is. I was going to say, when's the Naked and Gun the naked, and stuff, Well, Naked though. Gun's later, but yeah. I, I still feel like probably the audience is still associating him with, like, straight-faced Leslie Nielsen. Ted Danson, however, uh, Cheers premiered in 82, the same year as this movie, so I'm assuming he was cast and was acted in this pre-Cheers. That makes me think of fucking... Yardley Smith in Maximum, in Maximum Overdrive, Overdrive, where that same year, I think, or like right before, yeah, or like right after Maximum Overdrive, she got cast as Lisa Simpson. It's just you don't even know. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Ted Danson was always gonna be fine. I mean, six look two, at him. handsome. Yeah, he's so <laughs> he's, handsome. He's so handsome. Also, thirty five in this uh, movie. Oh, okay. Him and Stephen King, same age. Nice. Yep. <laughs> Um, apparently Ted Danson can bench press over 300 pounds. That's what he says. Like yeah. the first thing out of his mouth in this. So Ted Danson has been sleeping with Leslie Nielsen's wife. Leslie Nielsen is a rich psychopath. <laughs> Just like rich psychopath. <laughs> I think yeah. he literally says, where's it? It may be on, it may be on some subjects. I'm not entirely sane. Yeah. All right, dude. <laughs> yeah. So this is a real simple one. I think we can go pretty quick through. Cause like you said, it doesn't really fit in until the end until the end which where is it just starts father's to feel day like a again. horror but this kind it does it is fa- it feels like father's day, day again because yeah. it is kind of oh it's 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 an ironic comeuppance and it's repeating the same kind of thing yeah it feels like a repeat of father's day and father's day is just a better bit yeah, this. just better paced, I think. Yeah. Because yeah. Leslie Nielsen forces Ted Danson down to the beach and to bury himself up to his neck in sand, like mm-hmm. right above the tide. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can survive if you hold your breath long enough to, and to like dig your way out. So you just got to hold your breath. Oh, also, here's a TV with my wife, your lover, in the same situation further down the beach. Mm-hmm. So, like, the water's already hitting her in the face. Right. And I'm going to go back to my beach house and watch you guys on camera. Yeah, it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. The acting's fun, because Leslie oh, Nielsen yeah. is being this, like, very... Uh, he's having a good time. He's having a great time being this rich psychopath. Yeah. But, yeah, it just feels more like... I'm trying to think... Like a serialized, it feels like it would be on TV. It feels like something that was supposed to be a longer movie with more to it, almost. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, he kicks a crab. He does kick a crab pretty hard. It's a pretty cute crab, too. He's like, (laughs) (laughs) I know. It looks like it's waving and then he just fucking boots it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It's just. It just feels more drama. Even though, sure, it's the situation that he puts Ted Danson and his wife. Is it his wife that he's? I think it's Leslie Nielsen's wife. Yeah. She doesn't really get to do much. No, but she that character is 
Uh oh wait, nope, that's a different one. Okay. Sorry, I'm mm-hmm. getting confused. The there is a cool shot when Ted Danson finally is submerged underwater, which happens really fast. It like goes from the waves uh lapping up against his head to a shot of him completely submerged because I I guess they built an aquarium. I was reading that, yeah. Yeah, that he stuck his head through. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a cool shot, though. There's like a pink light coming out from behind him. At first I thought he was transforming. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't sure it was going. I I thought, oh, is he turning into a sea monster? What is (laughs) this? Kind of. A little bit, yeah. Oh, by the way, the, the, the wife question mark and this is played by galen ross who is francine in dawn of the dead she escapes on the helicopter at the end oh shit and she also is a documentary filmmaker i was looking at all this the documentaries she's done she does a lot of like social documentaries like social issues stuff oh very cool she's done stuff about i think russian mafia and other stuff about like mail order brides and like actively like nowadays or yeah. is this a few years ago no, like okay. she just makes st- that's what she does now very cool yeah and okay i guess that makes sense that she's in this if she was in dawn of the dead yeah romero yeah, yeah ex- and also did you see who has an uncredited cameo in this is it warren beatty no no no, no. Ned, ned ned no he's uncredited in the last one uh playing man on tv Richard in, Gere? Yeah, what the fuck? I don't remember. I don't even remember there being a man on TV in this. Fuck. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's I mean, it's obviously in his beach house. Yeah. Uh Leslie Nielsen goes back to the beach the next morning and the bodies aren't there and he's like, "Oh, the tide the swept t- away." Oh, the tide totally swept Yeah. But it's then, fine. This is fine. <laughs> yeah. But then while he's showering in his beach house and Leslie Nielsen shower action, uh the two of them come back and they're they're seaweed zombies sure that's perfect yeah their bubbly voices are fun yes yeah but then they're all like we want to take you down to the beach you just have to hold your breath. it just feels like father's it's, day it feels again. like yeah just have to hold your breath mm-hmm. you, just, you know because yeah i don't know it ends with leslie nielsen on the beach buried up to his neck he does have a great last line i can hold my breath for a long time yeah and it is <laughs> really cool looking when he's trying to shoot the zombies oh that's you're right that's really cool because he shoots them in the head and then it's just nasty water coming out gross gunky water it reminds me of the type of water that happens when you're paint you're you're painting something and you have like your nasty cup of paintbrush water it's just that gray color that's what kind of looks like is for sure faces it's really fun and I'm, i'm guessing Tom Savini did all this work? I guess so. Cool. Or, I mean, he had a team, obviously. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just this one, there wasn't any unexpected twist to it. Yeah. Because you're kind of, as soon as they show up, you would expect, oh, they also, they're just going to put him on. The, if I had to guess what they do to him, they just do the same thing. Yeah. Whereas Father's Day has the twist of, I have my cake and it's his daughter's or granddaughter. granddaughter's head. Yeah with candles like that's such a funny macabre twist whereas this is just i have my cake it's a cake (laughs) yeah and so this is just the same it's also long it's it's so i wanted to get the run times of each so i could speak with authority but even if this isn't factually longer than the others it feels it because just not as much happens yeah you know i thought with the video of his wife i thought it was going to be a thing where it was either fake or there's a place she was already dead or 
I guess I'm just thinking of what which Saw movie is. Is it two? <laughs> yeah. Or three where we're two getting is all like the, the, the fake video shit. Which yeah. Is, everything. Ah, oh, fuck. Those two is fun. very good. Those are fun to sit and watch. Yes, they are. <laughs> all right. So let's go to the next one. We have the, the crate. And I don't know if this is factual, but this feels like the longest. The crate. Yeah. I think it was. It, it felt the longest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This has. Uh, Shit, what's his name? Hal Holbrook. Hal Holbrook, who was Deep Throat in all of The President's Men yes. and is also just a... He's in the fog. In I mean, he's shit. in a, yeah, a ton yeah. of and stuff. And like I said, still rocking at 94, dude. Yeah. Awesome. 94. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's a professor at a college. He's got. He's married to Adrian Barbeau. Yeah. Who's this emotionally abusive, yeah. loud, crass... Oh, man. Think of all the stand-up <laughs> you've ever heard that is from the 80s, all about my, you know, this, you know your bitch wife. I feel like that's yeah, what she, all stand-up was, is I hate my bitch wife. That's what she this is character... She is the bitch wife. Yes. Yeah. She literally is, from, like, just taken out of some 80s comedian's personal life. <laughs> it's just really <laughs> weird. Yeah. Adrian Barbo is great. Yeah. The old ball and chain, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> just dude. call me Billy. Yeah. Yeah. And he, like, fantasizes about killing her. He constantly fantasizes about murdering his wife. Um, it's very darkly funny. Yeah, um, I do like when he imagines doing it at the party where she's been annoying everyone. Everyone just like turns to him and, him and, and they claps. start clapping. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if it wasn't so stereotypical, it'd be funny, I guess, or it'd be funnier. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, they're acting it well. Yeah, it's this one is weird because I can see that character is such a. Yeah, like I was just saying, she's a stock character from someone's stand-up bit mm-hmm. about just women be like this, that she's the nagging wife. But she right? is pretty mean to it. She him. is. She's yeah. emotionally abusive. Yeah. But you also have, what's it, Henry. You also have Henry who- That's Hal's character. Yeah. Yeah. Who is a murderer. <laughs> and At the end. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. But just, I, I don't know. I think it's I I feel like it's just supposed to be extreme like she's supposed to be an extreme and yeah. he is also supposed to be an extreme. Yeah. Yeah, I don't driven know. to extremes. Yeah, yeah, I guess with the idea in mind that everyone in this is a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah, he works at a college where the janitor at the college, one of the first lines in this is, fuck a diddle. Because he diddle, drops yeah. a quarter, it rolls under a staircase, and he finds a crate from what, the 1830s? 18s, yeah, 18 something. Yeah, from an Arctic expedition yes. in the 1830s. Mm-hmm. So he gets uh, Henry's professor buddy, Professor Stanley, Stanley who but is. But he says, Fritz- call me Dex. De- Dexter oh, he Stanley. Is Dexter. Oh, he's a firsty. He's a firsty firsty. Firsty firsty like me. And it's Fritz what? Fritz Weaver. Yeah, who is, I'm sure, a well known actor he at that time. was what? the. He was. I mean, he's in a ton of shit, but sure. he, from what I know him from is he was the chancellor in a Twilight Zone episode, The Obsolete Man, which is maybe my favorite. Obsolete. Fave, obsolete. Oh, cool. That might be my favorite Twilight Zone nice. episode. 
Oh, like, so he's in that. He has a great face for a Chandler. He he uh, Chancellor. He kind of looks like David Gale from Reanimator. He does. I was he's, thinking that the whole time. You know, I was like, yeah. that's not David. David Gale, Gale is it? and maybe a little Fred Gwynn, just that family yeah. of dudes. Yeah. I mean, Stuart Gordon. I said this in the kill count. Compared uh, David Gale to like a Boris Karloff kind of look. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It's like that law, uh, rectangular square yes. jaw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like him. He's uh, he is stressed out in this because yes, he is. him and this janitor Mike, who I love their relationship, because Mike is super blue collar, just like salt of the earth, and they're they're like friends. They're buds, yeah, yeah they're buddies, mm-hmm. and yeah, they don't speak the they don't speak the same way, but they get along. Yeah, it's cool, and it's also <laughs> fun. Um, I I was I looked at basically every actor's Wikipedia, and the actor that plays the janitor, Don Keeper, is a stage actor he and a lot of these actors are they have stage experience and they are known for things on stage but he's one of the ones where i wrote stage actor as a descriptor because that's just what he's an accomplished actor i find accomplished stage actors very intimidating but i also (laughs) think it's fascinating going through certain films and you never know just what random bit part that person is actually a fucking tour de force actor. And you, you know, yeah, it's so fun to kind of dig for that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, their relationship is cute. So he, he was like, I could have called, you know, who I, there's this grad student here studying, but he's a grad student. So fuck him. <laughs> so I, I thought, you know, I got to call you and we'll, we'll open this crate together. And I, this would be so cool to find a oh, weird yeah, from old the 1830s. crate. Also, who lost that? And why is it under the stairs? I know. It seems like in a, it's in a place where how wasn't this scene before? I genuinely <laughs> thought the end of this was going to be it was put there by hell or something. You oh, know, okay. it was put there for a reason or it's. I don't think we need an explanation. No, no, like we that. don't. Yeah. But it's just that was going through my brain. Sure, the whole yeah. Time. But yeah, I do like with this and with all these other ones, it starts right on the action. Like it's literally the first frame is him dropping his quarter mm-hmm. and being like, "Oh, fuck a diddle! What's this crate?" That is the nice part of these being little shorts. Yeah, that they just jump right in. Yeah. Cool. We don't need to set it up. Mm-hmm. So they open this crate. Uh, I d- for some reason I like the crate opening sequence. Me too. They kind of like and show how deliberate it is, and then like pounding open and prying it, and then pushing the lid down, taking out the nails. I like it. I don't know why. It just made me think of <laughs> was it last year in the news we found that sarcophagus, and oh. it was we were all just pins and needles. It might have been like two see. years ago, and what then was what? It, it was that just thing. It was just nothing. weird ooze. I thought. Yeah, it was just ooze. But you know that's kind of fun. <laughs> sure. That's. <laughs> There's not ooze in this crate. There's like a. Something. <laughs> Something. Some kind of primate looking. It's like a monkey. Uh, almost looks like a gorilla baboon. wolf. Oh, I was thinking more baboon or it, like yeah. orangutangish. It looks like a lost Yeti cousin. Sure. Who's very small and can fit in a box. Yeah, it fucks up the janitor. Yeah, because the janitor sees its eyes and thinks, oh, there's uh, something emeralds. shiny in yeah. here. Even though he previously thought there's something alive in here, <laughs> but and his second, brain his brain just goes oh shiny. <laughs> he reaches in, gets bit, light goes red, red light everywhere. Like mm-hmm. you said, I think it's most prominent in this one. Yes. Like as soon as this thing attacks someone, red everywhere. Yeah. It's re- it's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I do like this death of the janitor, like getting pulled up into the crate and just like a shower of blood coming down. Yeah, it's really cool. this one has, I think, the most gore in it. Yeah, the most blood for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because the grad student. Yeah. His death is fucking cool because, yeah, uh, <laughs> Professor Dexter Stanley Firsty Firsty is like, oh, shit, um, I need help. 
grad student, you're here. I forget his name, Charlie or something. <laughs> <Grad> Charlie. <laughs> Every grad student just watching this is like, yeah, it seems right. <laughs> just, <laughs> grad student, you're here. Yeah, uh, come help. Someone's dead. You need to help me fix this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but they go back to where it was and the crate's not there because this creature pushed it back onto the stairs. Yeah, and this is when I thought that this whole thing was going to be that creature isn't really a thing and this guy was like murdering he murdered the janitor and was going to murder the student oh and no you're thinking too much into I know, these I little am. comic book I shorts am. <laughs> i know that's not what this is yeah not at all yeah uh and so charlie the grad student heads under the stairs and he's looking for it and he gets attacked by this thing and it fucking bites out it like takes bites a big chunk out of his neck out of his neck and then claws out his face yeah. and both those shots are so fucking cool and then the long shots that come after it those effects are gone while well, he's getting like pulled under the <laughs> stairs yeah it's like giant <laughs> ch- flesh chunk removed long shot oh some red marks on him <laughs> i do love that right before this grad student gets fucked up he's talking to the professor and the professor's like there's a thing in this crate it's a lie oh my we need to call campus security this grad student's like we can't call campus security they'll think we've been on one hell of a toot yep what stephen king that's stephen king writing right there yes hell of a toot what planet is stephen king from because every I was just laughing about this last week with someone. I I just finished reading The Long Walk, which he originally published as Richard Bachman. Mm-hmm. And he Richard Bachman for a bit was people didn't know it was Stephen King. He really tried to keep it a secret. And but you read that fucking book and everyone's talking like <laughs> fucking toots and you know, <laughs> we'll all be gosh like, darn. Yeah, exactly. And they all were talking about baseball and, oh, it takes place in Maine. And it's like, Maine, <laughs> Steven. Cover your tracks better, it's, Steven. Yeah. It's like, no one talks like this except the weird people that live in your head, Stephen <laughs> King. We all know it's you. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. Yeah, he also has a line that's not a weird vernacular like that, but when he's under going under the stairs, he sees a bloody shoe of the janders. He's like, I want that shoe. I want that shoe. <laughs> yeah, all I could think of was, for some reason, I just thought of Dave Chappelle going, I want that purple stuff. <laughs> I was just like, I want that shoe. <laughs> Uh, uh, so the thing kills uh, Charlie, the grad student. And I think Professor Stanley locks him or locks him under the staircase. Yeah. Not in the crate, I don't think. It's just, yeah, so. Under the staircase. Yeah. And he runs off to Hal's house mm-hmm. to tell him, like, hey, there's this thing there's that killed There's this thing. They're dead. They're dead. Billy, Adrian Barbeau, Hal's wife, has left for the evening to go. Where'd she say she's? She said classes. I yeah, don't know what. what classes are you going to? I don't know. To? Pottery. Because it feels like she comes back. And like, I'm like, is she drunk when she gets back? I think she's always drunk. She's just like this. that. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Because she she doesn't like when because they the two professors had plans anyway to hang out and play chess. That's when she's like, cool. Bye. Your friend <laughs> smells weird because he smokes cigars and you're boring. I'm leaving to take my, I don't know, jewelry making class. <laughs> What are like what are we what was a fad in the eighties you would take a class aerobics? for? She yeah, with the, the thigh what the thigh master. Yeah, Suzanne Somers is gonna exactly. my thighs <laughs> yeah, for me. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, she's, she's gone. Stanley runs in and is all freaked out. Oh my god. He's, that guy's freaked he's, out. He's that man's traumatized yeah. forever. Uh just that guy's 
fucked. Uh, he's like, there are two people dead. Holy shit. So he tries explaining to, to Hal and Hal says, okay, we got this. And then just drugs his drink and makes Stanley pass out. And so then Hal goes to the university. He writes a note. He writes a note first. And we then, don't know what it says. Mm-hmm. Goes to the university because we kind of instantly get, oh, he, he's he been waiting for an opportunity to kill his bitch wife <laughs> and not have it look like a murder. Just a happy accident. And this is it. This weird little thing in a crate. So yeah. he goes there and the, the note is for Adrian Barbeau who gets home and reads it and it's like, oh, uh, we have a situation at the university because my friend Stanley is a giant pervert, I guess, and was like hit a something weird with a female on. student. My question is, isn't that guy just passed out in their house? Yes. <laughs> He's just sleeping there. Good thing Adrian Barbeau didn't She's see too him. Drunk. She's making milk. She pours herself a-, a glass of milk and then drives to the college with the her. glass of milk. Like with the glass from home. She Absolute walks into this maniac. College. Pours a glass of milk, not even in a cup, in a glass, and brings it with her. Hey, if you're going to drink milk, it's best coming out of a glass. All right. Cold but milk. A glass is so much less portable. Do you know what oh, I mean? Yeah, sure. <laughs> so she shows up with her glass of milk and is like, all right, I'm here because you need, you can't get shit done without me you fucking idiot uh and he tells her oh this lady student is so traumatized by my weird pervert friend that she's hiding under these it's a very weird plan it's not well thought out and you think oh it's gonna be a smooth operation she's gonna crawl under there and then she's he's gonna like quietly lock the door behind her but she's like uh, there's no one down there, pretty much. She doesn't crawl into it, and so he just starts pushing her. He just her. pushes her in there, and she's like, what the fuck, man? And he is just yelling at this thing to wake up, and it doesn't. So he's just shaking her, and she's like, cool, I'm going home. <laughs> this is weird. You're weird. And then she starts berating him again, and I think when she starts saying that he his dick don't work, Oh, she does say that. That's when the monster says in his crate, that's too far, lady, (laughs) wakes up and just kills her. And that's when Hal takes that crate, dumps it in a quarry. Yeah, he locks the creature in the crate. He locks the creature in the crate, dumps it in a quarry. So then he goes back home and Stanley is awake and Stanley's all freaked out. It's like, someone's going to know this was a murder. And he's like, but it wasn't a murder. I ate all those bodies. I mopped up the blood and I tossed away the crate. It'll never get out. Out. It'll never get out. And then it gets out. Yeah, it, we see it getting out of the... End segment. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I like the design of the creature. Yeah, me too. And I like, too, that it's... At least the way I read the ending is, like, this guy... Okay, we can think that the reason for him murdering someone is, yeah, his wife was abusive and mean, and but also that guy has the capacity to murder. You can't just turn that off. Is what I kind of read that, you know, it gets out of the box at the end. Oh, yeah. You know, you can't keep that tamp down. Someone's going to piss him off again and he'll do it again. That's how I read it. Yeah. All right. Last one. Oh, this one's so good. They're creeping up on you. Yeah. Strong finish. Very strong finish. finish. Because this is, yeah, another kind of like one person 
performance here. Uh, yeah, E.G. E. E. Marshall, Marshall, fucking 12 Angry Men, oh. I juror number four. See, yeah, Big, another guy where I wrote stage actors. actor, like capital S, capital A, stage actor. Also, ironically, when you compare him to his character in this, a basically lifelong passionate advocate for government funded healthcare. Oh yeah. Yes. That's like he, so funny. Yes. Oh, is yeah. He like he, the Ted Kennedy of actors. He, yeah. He, I think he worked with Ted Kennedy on because he was a, I think a board member on the fuck. I forget what the organization is. It's like the national, I don't know. Some, <laughs> they all start with national. I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah, he, that was something he was very passionate about. He was the president in Superman two, apparently. Yeah. He, he's, he's in a ton of shit. Yeah, but in this, he's this uh, <laughs> scrupulous. Is that right? No. Oh, scrup. Uh, he has no scruples. Yeah, he is. He's a, a bastard. Yeah, bastard <laughs> capitalist. Uh, uh, Greed mean, is good. Racist man. Very racist man. Yeah. Not even subtext. It's just he's racist. Uh, nothing is subtextual nothing. about there's, this. There's zero subtext in this one, and honestly, I was fine with it. <laughs> he His company bought another company, and the president of that company killed himself, and this guy celebrates this it. This guy's like, fucking awesome. I don't have to put him on the board of my company. And when this dude's widow calls him, he's like, yeah, fuck your you husband. Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Bye. And he just hang, you know, he hangs up. His, uh, he lives in this building. So it's it takes place, I feel like, in a kind of dystopian place. It's so weird. He's in this weird, it's all in his apartment. He is in a Stanley Kubrick movie. Yeah, it's this. real fucking weird. And it, all, <laughs> it even feels a little, oh God, um, Kafka-esque a little bit oh, I'm and not sh- just the bugs yeah not just the fact but that like, yeah. yeah just the kind of dystopian minimalist uh, weird existential yeah because he's in this high rise it looks like he lives and works out and of he it. says it's all he pays thirty six hundred a month for yeah it. which is a that's lot a of lot money. of money now yeah that's what, a ton of money which is weird though because he also says he owns the building so why is he paying himself rent i don't know I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's it's like looks like it's future because there's a bunch of weird buttons and vacuums and computers everywhere. Everything's white, which is the color of the future back then. Yeah, and the of color course. of no germs in this apartment. He's a germaphobe. Everything's white. And he sees some roaches and he's like getting freaked out. He calls his like building supervisor who is at Disney World with his family. Literally at Disney World. And I <laughs> double checked. This came out in 82. Uh, his building supervisor would have been on vacation for the opening of Epcot. Are you sure? Because this was probably filmed in 81. I know, but, you know. (laughs) Sure. Right. That does suck, though. You get down there and realize, fuck, that opens in October. (laughs) Shit. I planned it too early, and now I'm going to get fired for nothing. staring at the big golf ball. It's so close, yet so far away. Yeah, he definitely threatens that dude to be fired for his family vacation. Yeah. Uh, the the person filling in for that dude is a black guy who this who E.G. Marshall's like, oh, your people do really well in, in service, service jobs. service type rules. And we're thinking like, oh, I'm oh, racist. racist. And then... You might go far, White. I've noticed that in service jobs, people like yourself often do. People of color... I believe he calls him a black bastard. He later. does, yeah. yeah he says mad. the quiet parts loud. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, he does. So he is a mean man. We are not supposed to like him. No, Clearly, he's the worst. It's a great, funny 
performance. Yes, it's, it's very, so funny. very funny and heightened. And I love that. I like, too, that the, the peephole in his apartment is this weird magnifying glass almost. And I can almost just see the disgust he has watched, like talking to someone through it and looking at someone's mouth all big and... Yeah, it's it's such a weird style choice. It's I a love weird it. aesthetic, and I love it. I lo- I love it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he's a germaphobe, but there are some roaches in here, man. And this one is one where it almost seems as though you could read it as, "Are there really germs?" Because the the guy who comes and helps him, I didn't catch his name, but uh, the only other character we see in person mm. is like. You you got bugs, yeah, and and E.G. Marshall says, "Don't talk to me like I'm crazy." Oh, but then after the end, when it fills up the room, then it's like empty until they burst out of him. Yeah, it, only the little room he's kind of locked himself in has the bugs in it at the end. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like they're just attracted to him, and yeah, it's yeah, I could see that one being a they're not really. Yeah. Real, he just goes so... Because he is... He's paranoid about the bugs, but he's also... And it's not subtle at all. It's pretty spelled out allegory. But he's also talking about how he is basically squishing all the the bugs that are people who want to get him you know like this this dumb widow who's so mad that her husband killed himself (laughs) like you know just the way he talks about how everyone's just coming for him yeah yeah again it's not a subtle comparison but i do like the couple of shots of him looking out at the city. I think it's New York. Uh, It's a big city, big skyscrapers. And there's like a power outage, a rolling power outage that also affects his building, Mm -hmm. which leaves him unable to get help for his cockroach problem. But I feel like just the couple of shots that we get of him looking out at the city adds a lot. Yes. I think my favorite thing about that, those shots is when it's, we see him and it's his window, but you can see the sill of the building and how dirty that is. So there's such contrast between like where the glass is and his super weird clean apartment. And then you see the actual outside of the building and it's the brick and this, the windowsill is just dirty. It looks like a building, you know, but yeah. I like that you see that contrast. It's cool. Yeah. And I don't even know if there's anything animated going. It, it could just be like a painted background of the city when he looks at it. But yeah, for some reason, it just does a lot for me to add to this dystopian kind of futuristic thing because at one point he he's reading uh levels of carbon monoxide in the air and he's like the carbon monoxide levels out there are reaching 0.9 those people are dying they don't even know i'm like when does what is going on in this world yeah it's a weird yeah it's so weird and i love it it feels so like it kind of lends this feeling of yeah there are all these bugs in here but he can't go out of his apartment no place is safe it's dirty and poisonous out Mm -hmm. there it does kind of i mean when you put it that way it's weirdly relevant now that it's you know we all live on one planet like we're all gonna go down with this ship unless (laughs) we build private spaceships and get out that he could get out that way i guess he would would, (laughs) absolutely would space is the cleanest place you can be (laughs) except for all the radiation all over the place that's true yeah Yeah, it'll fuck you up man that's true (laughs) but yeah just the idea that no he literally can't go outside because the world is all fucked up and polluted and stuff but it's gonna it'll get everyone eventually Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah, the bugs keep on coming. He, at one point, he's trying to make like a breakfast or like oats Ew, in a blender. Yeah. It looks like poop to begin it's with. It's disgusting. But then, yeah. of course, there are cockroaches in it too to make it even grosser. Oh, live cockroaches. 
so many. I read on Wikipedia 20,000 cockroaches which lent by, I forget what they said. Someone from a museum. Yeah, I yeah. think, yeah, which. And, you geez. know, they're killing these cockroaches. Oh, yeah, there's actual. I don't think you're allowed to do nowadays. I don't think you are. Which is a little weird to me because I don't care for bugs. Tarantulas are different. They're big. I don't know. It is weird where you kind of draw that line. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get that, like, you shouldn't get something just to kill just to it ki- for that, a movie. I think, that, I think that's the difference for me is, yeah, they're cockroaches and fuck them. But <laughs> if they're in my home, I will not hesitate to murder them or call someone to murder them for me. But yeah. there's a difference between... Let's bring these cockroaches to a film set so we can torture them. And kill them. Yeah. Even though, I don't know, do cockroaches feel pain? I don't, I don't see fucking bugs. Know. I bugs don't feel weird. bad for. I don't. I, I, we love animals. Yeah. We love animals. I don't fucking care about <laughs> bugs. They're so far removed from us. But I follow, James, I follow, like, oh, this no. Twitter account that is, yeah. his name is Spike the Beetle, and he's uh <laughs> one of those, I forget what they're called, I think they're like a Hercules Beetle, where they have the big, um, big mandibles, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and he draws things, That's... he draws, like, they can put little markers, and he draws stuff. I would and like to look outfits. into, I... <laughs> I just don't know how much of that is Spike expressing himself. <laughs> Funny. I don't know, but like, what if they do? I don't know. That's the thing is, I don't know. Do bugs have an know. internal life? I'm open to having, but no, I will say almost Or are they not. not an internal life, but just are they aware of being alive? I feel like no, not at all. I feel like it's all instinct. Life at the most basic level just little of machines. don't not die yeah. is their goal. I'm, I'm willing to be proven wrong. But do they wrong. feel pain? I don't think so, cause don't they don't. Know. Don't you need the central nervous system to feel pain? Do they not have? Aren't they invertebrates? I don't know. I don't know. This either. is where. See, there's the thing: is people will sometimes be like, "Wow, your podcast is so good. You talk about all the stuff you know a lot about." <laughs> then we, we then we veer so slightly out of the realm Start of things I know about, and I don't know shit. I know nothing about anything. Yeah. We start talking about bugs. I don't know anything about bugs. Let us know. Let us know about bugs. Also, while we're on the topic, fish. I feel I don't feel as much sympathy towards fish but as I other animals. I think fish can feel pain. They probably can feel pain. But I just, I, you know, I would go fishing, but I probably wouldn't go hunting. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. But maybe fishing's wrong. I don't know. Fucking let us know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, these bu- these bugs. 20,000 bugs and a bunch of raisins. I was, yeah, raisins and nuts, I think, to, <laughs> to make like him look- fill it up. Yeah. yeah. He locks himself in like a safe room with a glass wall, which is perfect, yeah. uh, thinking no bugs can get in there, but then they get in there. Bugs are just. They fill up this whole thing. Yeah, they're coming out of his chest and ears. And- yeah, that's the thing is uh, it like cuts away, I think, and then it cuts to, and there are no bugs in sight, but his body is lying there dead on the ground, and then his body bursts open with bugs coming out it's great it's fucking cool yeah yeah so that's that one and then we have our outro there's uh (laughs) we're back to our little opening vignette that comic book is on the ground it goes it floats into the garbage i think yeah we have tom savini garbage man they're stupid garbage men but they pick up that comic and they're looking at it and they're looking at all the stuff you can you can mail in for yeah they're doing like a vaudeville 
act it's together. very yeah. yeah it's pretty funny. one of them is x-ray glasses yeah, it's like, oh no turn your eyes yeah. black it's a gag and they look they flip the page and, oh a voodoo doll but they realize nope, that it's already been it. sent in for mm-hmm. so then we cut back to tom atkins's house where he's just a man trying to have his breakfast <laughs> but he he slept all funny and his, his neck kind of hurts and then we realize that his kid is upstairs and has the voodoo doll and is sticking right. needles in it. And I just love that Stephen dad. King's kid saying the lines that Stephen King wrote, take this, dad. Yeah. Take this, pain. Yeah. So he's, yeah, torturing Tom Atkins. And that's yep. that. That's Creep Show. That's Creep Show. You think we'll get any Tom Atkins in the, in the so. maze? <laughs> I expect to hear a lot about cake. A lot about cake. A lot of bugs. Lots of bugs. I'm sure we'll see the creep. Uh, oh yeah pop yeah. up my guess is that the the little um what do they call those little holes the the square cutouts they pop out of and oh, scare windows, you yeah scare windows. I, i'm sure those will be comic book frames i hope so if not that's a missed opportunity yeah and then as far as the leslie nielsen ted Danson one i hope to just see on a, a tv uh, on a cctv uh like the wife yeah in low tide mm-hmm. that'd be fun yeah and then yeah jordy better be all over the fucking maze yeah yeah i mean they can go ham on that greenery everywhere mm-hmm. i'm excited for I'm, it. I'm very excited now yeah so if you have one. two hours it's long yeah that's the thing but it's, it's a classic long. people yeah. know creep show the, like we said the pedigree of the cast and crew is uh unimpeachable so check this out, especially if you're going to go to Halloween Horror Nights, because it's fun to go through the mazes and recognize. Yes, because you will, especially if you're going in fresh from having seen something, you will understand the amount of care put into these mazes on just another level exactly. than if it's something you're kind of just familiar with. Yeah. If you've just seen something, it, like... Like the Halloween 4 maze last yes, year. Yes, because we just like, oh, Halloween that. 4. Oh, so it'll be a Halloween maze. No, it is Halloween 4. The details. Every scene Down in there. to... Where the that scene in the diner, the the portraits on the wall are the same. This random picture of Abraham yeah, Lincoln, Lincoln is there. And the waitress, and like it's great. Yeah. So I definitely recommend if you're gonna go to Halloween Horror Nights, watch these movies, man. Yeah. There's this House of a Thousand Corpses, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters, Stranger uh, Things will be there. That'll yeah, be the one that we haven't seen. Uh, We're not caught up. Uh, uh, and Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Us. Us and mm-hmm. Killer Clowns. Oh, Killer Clowns. Uh, that sounds like it for Holly, Hollywood and then a bunch of original I was going to say there's ideas. some like original. Uh, fun to talk about Creep Show. And we'll do something else next week. Yeah. Follow Dead Meat on social media at Dead Meat James on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at Carebex, C-R-E-B-E-C-C on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want merch, DeadMeatStore.com. I thought you were fucking with that rubber band i thought you were motioning for me to hurry up well hurry the fuck up chelsea we're trying to wrap this up (laughs) (laughs) email deadmeatpod at gmail.com with you know whatever and uh yeah until next week i'm james i'm chelsea this has been the dead meat podcast (laughs) 